In the gospel reading we just heard, Jesus told his disciples, that includes us, to go out before him and proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near to you. What does Jesus mean by that? If we look at the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says there, he says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the Gospel. That was really the core message of Jesus' ministry. The time is fulfilled. God has entered into this world as a human being in the person of Jesus Christ. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus establishes the kingdom of God, the reign of God on earth. And so we should repent. We should acknowledge our sinfulness and our need for salvation. And we should believe the gospel, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save us. So that gives us an idea of what Jesus meant when he said that. We also know that the kingdom of God, think about when he says that, the kingdom of God, at the time, people would thought, and people would still think today, you know, God lives up in heaven, and he stays in heaven, and he doesn't have anything to do with us. And Jesus says, no, God, I'm establishing God's kingdom, the reign of God, here on earth now. That includes now, today, with us. And we know that the kingdom of God is coming to be through the church. Because Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead to draw all people to himself. Everyone, all people are invited to the kingdom of God. And we know also that Jesus told us to pray. Think of it how he told us to pray. He gave us the Lord's Prayer. We say it many times a day, hopefully. And in the prayer we say, thy kingdom come. And then we say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're praying for God's kingdom. And we're also acknowledging that, that our part in that kingdom is to do God's will for us. Not our will, God's will. And what is God's will for us? To love one another. To serve one another. Jesus also said that the kingdom of heaven belongs to the humble. In his sermon on the, the plain, he said, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The poor, he means the humble. We must have the gift of humility in order to enter into the kingdom of God. And you think about humility, you know, that's uh, not a very highly regarded trait in our modern society, right? 
People think humility means, you know, a wimp, or it means a, a pushover. That's not what we mean by humility. Humility is a spiritual gift, a gift of the Spirit. And what it means is that we understand who we are. Humility means we understand, we acknowledge, we welcome the fact that God is God and we are not God. Humility means that we are here to do God's will and not our will. It takes humility to accept that, right? God is God. We are the creator, creatures. And finally, humility means that God loves everyone. I'm no better than anyone else in God's eyes. We are all called to be children of God. To love one another and to serve each other. I work, I serve at a uh, halfway house in Manhattan, uh, I mean downtown Midtown, Manhattan. Yes, Midtown area. And uh, if you don't know what a halfway house, I didn't a few years ago, but a huge, uh, halfway house is a place where people can go after they get out of prison. And they have a place to stay, they can get a meal, they have a roof over their heads, and, and we help them find a job, learn how to work in some cases. We help them uh, get their lives back together. Right? So this house has about, it sleeps 18 guys. And one of the assignments, one of the guys is assigned to be the cook. And I was talking to the cook recently, and he was telling me that he had really been struggling with doing his job there. He was so frustrated and angry and discouraged that he's, he's cooking for these guys. It basically takes all day, right, to feed 18 people three times a day. So he's doing his best, and all he's getting is complaints. You know, no appreciation. And I would have thought, you know, you'd think the cook would be sort of a special place, right? You'd keep, keep, uh, treat the cook well because they're doing your meals, right? So apparently it doesn't work that way. He was getting a lot of complaints. The food wasn't good enough. It was too hot, it was too cold, too early, too late. And he was so frustrated. He was trying to decide, should I quit being a cook? Should I do something to get back at these guys? Should I leave this house altogether? Should I move somewhere else? What should I do? And he turned to God and sought to find God's will for him in that situation. He prayed. He prayed fervently. God, help me to know your will. He went to church and listened for how God might be answering him, showing him what his will is. He read scripture, studied scripture carefully, and he finally came across the passage where Jesus says, I came to serve, not to be served. I came to serve, not to be served. He says that was the answer that he needed to hear. Jesus, the Son of God, is not above kneeling down and washing his disciples' feet. Jesus, the Son of God, is not above dying on a cross. 
in the most uh, cruel way. He says, so if Jesus could do that, I could do that. And it completely changed the way he, he thought of his, what he was doing. He realized that he was called to serve. How? But being the cook in that place. That's what God was calling him to do. To do the, and to do the work with a spirit of serving. And it changed everything, right? Because it wasn't, he wasn't doing it out of an obligation. He wasn't doing it uh, because he had to. He was doing it because it was his way of serving. And so he found joy in doing the cook's job. Brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God is at hand. It is near to us. It's coming to be through the church. And we are called to love one another and serve one another with humility. And we start doing that in our marriages and in our families. And then we extend our service out to the communities where we work, study, live, socialize.